Welcome to Sweet Valley Diaries, the podcast where teens are our specialty. Book number 62, Who's Who? Will the real Jessica please stand up? Hello, welcome gladiators to this book. Do we sound great? Do we sound so professional? I'm your host, Marissa Flaxbart. This is Sweet Valley Diaries, of course. And with me today is the lovely Julia Smith. Hello. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. And you were saying earlier that you felt like we were on NPR. Oh, absolutely. This is exactly this is exactly what Terry Gross looks like when yeah. she does her thing. We decided to pop into a local studio to record this one. Why not? You know, just for fun. And we are in person, which is also nice. I haven't done a lot of in-person episodes of the podcast. Well, I haven't done very many episodes of this podcast at all in the past few months. Uh, But now we're back. And don't we sound great? Gladiators, wasn't it worth the wait to make this this possible? I'm doing a gesture that's like, Marissa and Julia, I'm gesturing back and forth. We're together Together. doing this. Okay, so... um, I'm curious, since this is your first time on the show, Julia, did you have any familiarity with Sweet Valley High before this book? So I watched, when I was an early teenager, I watched the series that was on TV and uh, was responsible for the best haircut of my life. Oh my gosh, tell me more. um, The uh, blunt bangs within the... um, the like feathering the what is that the layering right around like around your hair and it was a little bit longer it wasn't so and that was I think the only haircut when I've where I've gone in with a specific idea and it's come out exactly exactly the right way so think of 14 year old Julia in 1997 just in love with her hair that is amazing. I'm really excited to hear that. I didn't watch the show when it was on then, but I, I have seen it, some of it, since then. Um, so that's really exciting to me. So uh, did that Jessica and Elizabeth bear any resemblance to the Jessica and Elizabeth that you met here in Who's Who? Yes. So I, I it was a while ago, so I don't have a very sharp memory that's of the show. But I do remember... You don't remember 1997 like it was yesterday? Shockingly, I don't. <laughs> Um, a lot has happened since then. Mm-hmm. Um, but there were the two very, very different personalities. The, you know, the good Elizabeth and the like, I don't want to say bad Jessica, but uh, more adventurous, shall we say, which is going to play out in the next book. Oh, absolutely. So, Which is one of my, which I have a question for you. I'll save it till the end, but. Oh, that's okay. I mean, we can, we can field questions just as we go. This, the end of this book is very much a cliffhanger oh, for the sure. next book. And yeah. I was wondering if that is part of the series. Like was the last book a cliffhanger for this book? Yes. Oh, so love it. it was a cliffhanger just barely uh, throughout the last book and gladiators. I'm sorry if we didn't get this across, uh, well enough, but may, I don't remember. I'll have to go back and listen. <laughs> but um, throughout that book, Jessica Wakefield was feeling very unhappy, like dissatisfied with the boys of Sweet Valley. Got like it. she felt like she dated everybody in town and they were all boring and she needed somebody, someone, I was going to something, someone like new and different and exciting in her life. Mm-hmm. But something so exciting about this particular book is that it is a Jessica and Elizabeth book. And 
the you know we're on book number sixty two. The series started with Jessica and Elizabeth books. They that's what they always were, and. These two characters were in the spotlight for the most part. But, you know, there's only so many stories, I guess, that they felt like they could tell in a new and different way. And so gradually we start looking at the other characters. There are so many characters in Sweet Valley. But it was very satisfying to kind of like go back to basics and have this book that barely has any characters in it that are part of the regular like Sweet Valley High world other than Jessica and Elizabeth. You know, like they don't go to school in this book, <laughs> right? No, I think there's one scene in the cafeteria. Oh, sure, sure. With um, Enid. But very, very short. Yes, Enid. Love that name. Mm-hmm. There are not enough Enids in this world. Yeah. Well, I was very happy to see that. Maybe a future generation will be more <laughs> Enid rich, but I'm not sure. But I did. I read this book and I was like, I wish they were all Jessica and Elizabeth books <laughs> because it's so satisfying in this one in particular. Uh, but I guess we might as well just start start at the very Let's beginning. Um, so we start with Jessica and Elizabeth at the mall, right? Yes. Uh, so- In oh gosh, what's the name of the the store? I was I was a little confused as to where what store they were in at first because Jessica says just charge it on mom's account and I was like wait it's 1990 did Macy's just have like accounts for people <laughs> but it sounds like they're at a more local store which would make sense yeah they're at Lizette's, Lizette's which is yes. like a fashion store in the mall that has very desirable clothes but it's not like the most she-she place in the world but mm-hmm. you know the the rich kids can shop at Lizette's I mean the rich rich kids as opposed to the like middle rich kids can shop at Lizette's always and uh right but I mean they do have this shimmery fabric dress that looked like blue from one angle and green from another. Could you picture it? I could picture it and I was floored. It was very 90s, but I don't think I saw fabric like that until the late 90s. Yeah, I agree. the time. Always. But Elizabeth is like, this dress is too expensive. There's a Valentine's Day dance coming up. Boy, if I'd been a little more on my game, I could have had time this release for uh, Valentine's Day. So close, though. So close. Did your school have Valentine's Day dances? Was this a thing? Okay. We did. I went to an all-girls school, so a lot of the regular high school things are a little bit foreign to me. Oh, so we I can was talk like, about Val- that later, too. Oh, God. <laughs> Honestly, a high school Valentine's Day dance sounds traumatizing. Um, yeah, we can totally talk about that. That would be great. I actually even have Valentine's Day dance anecdotes I can share. Oh, my gosh. Yes, please. We can save that for extra drama. Okay. Uh, so very quickly, like page five they come across a new booth at the mall. It's like a new place called Love Struck Computer Dating. Did yeah. anything about that stand out to you? The whole thing? That yeah. entire phrase? <laughs> right. okay, okay, Love Struck right. Computer Dating? Also, in my notes, I have so many red flags in all caps. Like, mm-hmm. so, oh, and a, a smaller side in the window announced teens our specialty. It's so, no. it made my stomach turn. It, it is so deeply creepy. Oh, my God. Seriously. Like, because for the purposes of the book, it's like, OK, well, we want to make it clear that this is something that teenagers are using to date other teenagers. But I can't say that that is what that sign screams to me no. as an adult. If I'm walking through the mall seeing a dating service that says teens are specialty, I get some real uh, predatory Yeah, like vibes. guy in a white van. Yeah, it's <laughs> like the um, you didn't have the whole like catfish kind of to catch a predator sort of uh, Mm -hmm. venues that we have for like online, like pretending to be somebody you're not. I I mean, I'm mixing together a lot of things here, but like 
this was the pre- it almost felt like the precursor to that. Now, now, gladiators, that's not what happens. No, I, we're just describing oh, our, yeah. rea- our shared reaction uh, to everything's okay. The girls are okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There, the possibility of an adult using this service doesn't even get raised, Mm-mm. but. Teens definitely use the service. Apparently. I have questions about that, too. <laughs> Go for it. Um, well, we should probably get a little bit further okay. in that um, Jessica decides to apply as two different personas. She does. She does. And um, basically, Jessica's line of reasoning is, I'm bored of all the regular guys. If I kind of pretend to be I'm going to fill out this profile and they're going to put it under their computer and if I say all these things about myself as if I were a different person with totally different interests I'll catch a different kind of guy which is a wild thought but whatever sure so wild man so wild man (laughs) she drags Elizabeth in there with her to so that there's like a reason for there to be two forms filled out but at the same time they fill it out in the like I feel like in the courtyard of the mall yeah, and then they go back in and like slip it under some papers. Yeah. I also have a lot of concerns about this dating service. Um, not doing background checks, but less, <laughs> even less than that, not just like getting some sort of identification to make sure the names match. I don't know. That seems like maybe one step you could take. Yeah. Like the reasoning behind shuffling the papers, it was like a little bit of logistical uh, convoluted thinking here on the writer's part. But the reason was nobody would notice then that there were two people who had different last names living at the same address. But I kept on going back to the thought of like, this is called computer dating. Like a computer can know these things. It is sophisticated enough to match to match people together, you'd think it would be like, huh, this is the same telephone number. Yeah, Weird. the same phone number too, yeah. Okay, yeah. so before we but get too also, far in. At, at that time, two people, like, two people did live at that same residence who could have been. Yeah. So. They just, I apparently, I guess it, that's very, yeah, it's very like, who are you to assume that we all have the same last name with this house? Yeah. You know, maybe you, this was the time there were like mixed blended families. Mm-hmm. We're, you know, I the, have the a hot different new topic. Yeah. In 1990. I have a different last name than my mom. She never changed her name. So yeah, you know what? Yeah, like I grew up with friends that had the same. This is nonsense, but whatever. <laughs> it's already nonsense. Whatever. So it's, it's just a really hilarious thing for us to be fixating on. <laughs> There's so much more nonsense <laughs> to come. I want to read uh, what Jessica fills out. Is that okay? Yes, for, please. All right. So first, our first candidate, the you know, um, date number one or whatever. Daniela Fromage seemed to be an intellectual. She liked foreign films, modern poetry, French cuisine, and world travel. Her idea of a perfect evening was a, quote, meaningful conversation in front of a crackling fire with an opera on the stereo. Elizabeth tried not to laugh. <laughs> just, just first of all, isn't the name a bit bizarre? But then the next person she makes up is someone um, named... Uh, Magenta Galaxy. Isn't it a cool name, Jessica said? She grinned as she turned the form around for Elizabeth to read. Magenta was a wild rocker whose passions were everything new and anything hot. She liked fast cars, loud dance bands, and the latest fashions. The wilder, the better. Her perfect evening consisted of cruising the hippest music clubs in LA and ending up in a coffee shop at four in the morning, eating hamburgers and dancing on the countertop. 
So I uh, grew up in LA, and I do not know of a coffee shop where people dance on the counters at 4 a.m. But LA is a big place. Maybe I just missed it. Yeah, I guess it's possible. But you know, LA is not the city that never sleeps either. You no, know? 4 no. a.m. is that's and if you have coffee at that time, you are up. You are up until <laughs> noon the next day. Um, also. <laughs> I feel like, I know, that's where my 38-year-old mind goes. I'm like, who has coffee at 4 a.m.? That's a terrible idea. Jessica doesn't actually like coffee. but Right, exactly. That too. Although I know we've seen her drink coffee in previous books, but whatever. We'll get to it. Now, you know Jessica far better than I do, but reading how she, Miss Formage, what she put in for Miss Miss Formage, Mm Mm-hmm. I did not feel like Jessica would really want to date a guy who responded to that ad. Like, yeah. does she really want to sit? Well, as we learned, maybe she doesn't really want to sit through foreign films. And uh, that was my first instinct. I was like, I don't want to date that guy. I don't want to sit through that many foreign films. <laughs> well, she says that she she can't decide between a sophisticated guy and a more like fun loving guy but she also reveals that she had models for these two characters in these like actual uh girls that she knows of the characters of i mean gladiators if you're well familiar with sweet valley universe try to guess um they are the characters of dana larson from magenta galaxy and suzanne suzanne hanlon yeah for Daniela Fromage. Wow, I'm so impressed that you just got all of those names together. <laughs> Thank you. I was very. I felt like it was a little slow on the slow on the pickup for me. But yeah, Suzanne Hanlon is a fancy rich girl, and um, Jessica is so all in on this plot to like, you know, prepare herself to embody these characters that she goes to the source. Like she goes to Suzanne Hanlon, the uh, you know the archetype, and she goes to Dana Larson, the Magenta Galaxy archetype, and asked to like borrow their stuff they're not even her friends this was odd to me i maybe i'm just a little more wary than dana and Susanna, but i'm not lending my friends to a very casual acquaintance who it's they seemed very willing to help which well, is very kind it is kind yeah well especially suzanne so i there is a segment sometimes on the show uh when it happens which is often called an oh, oh my god, god moment, moment. That's the part where, um, without planning to or thinking about it, I utter aloud to the book reading it, oh my God. And there were two in this book, and the second one is a much bigger oh my God than the first one. But the first one was this tiny little moment of Jessica goes over to Suzanne's. Suzanne gives her this day-long lesson in like a La Boheme and Truffaut and like the difference between Monet and Manet. And, like, all the things that fancy people know, apparently. She dedicated a lot of time to it. A lot of time. A lot of time. Like, preparing a lesson. And Jessica's hating every minute of it. Not because of the content so much as because she's like, oh, the snob, you know. She thinks she's so cool. Yeah. And she would rather be at the beach. She would. But so, this was the oh my god moment. She picked up a Neiman Marcus shopping bag. You can borrow these things as long as you need them, she added. The bag contained several silk blouses, two Chanel purses, two designer scarves, a pair of Gucci shoes, and some other accessories. Jessica had convinced Suzanne they would make her more sophisticated. Uh, who? That's very nice. It's, but what? Uh, what? Wow. Wow. Pretty cool of Suzanne. Indeed. Uh, what a mensch. 
Um, and then <laughs> what a mess. <laughs> and one of the reasons that Jessica is borrowing the stuff and she goes to Suzanne first is because she's gotten a bite. Like uh, Daniela Fromage has gotten right away, gotten a bite from a fellow named Pierre Duloc. Mm-hmm. Pierre. Pierre. Duloc. Duloc. Uh-huh. D-U-L-A-C. Does not seem in any way suspicious to Jessica. Does, no. Does not, does not, no flags going up. No, no. Um, so here's a little description of uh, Pierre Duloc. Uh, I'm, I'm making it German. <laughs> or Scottish or something. <laughs> Pierre Duloc. Okay, here we go. Listen to this. Your perfect match is Pierre Duloc, it says. He was born in France, has traveled extensively on the continent and in Europe. The continent and Europe? Elizabeth broke in, looking puzzled. Isn't that the same thing? Jessica shrugged. So they goofed. Let me finish it. Her eyes devoured the information in front of her. It says he speaks four languages, plans to be a novelist or a museum curator, plays the piano, and loves jogging and sailing. His favorite foods are truffles and foie gras. <laughs> and he's dying to meet me. Um, it's a very ambitious young man right there. Yeah. I was, foie gras. I was glad Elizabeth brought up uh, Europe and the continent because I definitely snagged on that. I was like, am I? Was, mm-hmm. was yeah. I? But Elizabeth's got my back. Yeah. She, she flagged it for me. Oh, yeah. So, and, and we're kind of flagging it too as readers. Yeah. But okay, Pierre Duloc. And then it's not long after that, right? Mm-hmm. That um, the phone rings yet again. And, and Jessica is, uh, or no, she gets a letter, right? Yes, she gets a, it's a catalog size envelope. From, from the dating agency. Yes. And she learns that Magenta Galaxy also has a hit from someone named Brett S. Right. Just the letter S. Which I don't know if that's supposed to be like mysterious. I, Jessica seems to think so. I just thought it was for anonymity, but whatever. I know, but the, the nobody else has initial. I am still a little bit baffled about that. Did, did that <laughs> go somewhere that I missed? Like, is there a reason that I missed? We never find out what the S stands for. <laughs> but um, here's a little bit about Brett S. based on what he's put in his dating profile. He wants to be a race car driver or a rock guitarist or both. <laughs> <laughs> that, why is there not a race car rock star? I don't know. Okay, I'm going to keep going. I had to pause to take a laugh. <laughs> he believes in living life to the max. He says he's tall. I like that he says. Yeah. He's tall, dark, and wild. Again, no no verification by the dating firm. There's no picture. No. Uh, oof, this is gross, but I'm going to say it anyway. He says he's tall, dark, and wild, and he likes his girls to be tall, blonde, and wild. I'm so glad you said that was gross, because that was my initial reaction, and I was like, ugh. That's me, Jessica gasped, her eyes sparkling. Bless so, her. She's excited. She doesn't think it's gross at all. It's, it's fine. No. It's fine. It's, it's a dating profile, I guess. Yeah. But it does reek of those like it, video dating things where the guys are really skeevy, even if they're handsome, and you're just like, I, I don't know. Anyway. But yeah. yeah, so now Jessica has to wait by the phone like at all hours of the day. This, too, seemed very—I mean, the dedication this girl is putting in is really astonishing. Because, of course, it's 1990, and you have one phone line. Thank goodness she at least has an extension in her room so she can pick up the phone. Because, of course, if her parents pick up the phone. Because at first I was like, your parents can know 
that you're dating. And then I was like, Julia, she's going by the name Magenta. She That's not going to work. Mom and dad cannot pick up the phone. Yeah. That would be a disaster for Jessica. That's really, that's the issue is that she doesn't want, they're going to say there's no Magenta here. Right, there's exactly. There's no Daniela here. And she doesn't want to tell her parents about her scheme because I guess she knows it's enough of a scheme that they wouldn't approve. Yes. Um, even though they don't really have any qualms at all about her dating every boy in Sweet Valley. No, they seem very, these parents seem very chill. Also... These girls have a brand new red car that they oh, share. The Fiat the Spider. Fi- yes, I was very impressed. And then, oh, is it a Fiat Spider? I looked up a picture of a 1990s red Fiat, and it was not quite as impressive, right? Yeah. As I thought, but still very nice that they have a new car it to share. It definitely sounds hotter as a car than it actually is if you look up pictures yeah. of them. Yeah. But or but, like what the car looks like, like a modern version of that car is a mm-hmm. lot sexier. But it's still, it is very cool. Absolutely. Even though they have to share, they don't get their own cars. Oh, my gosh. Um, so speaking of how much trouble Jessica's going to, this is still we're still very early on in the book here, but we got to set the scene, right? Mm-hmm. So here is what just a taste of what Jessica's going through, in addition to going to these girls and borrowing stuff and all that. So Elizabeth is, like, peeking into Jessica's room. Under normal circumstances, Jessica's room looked like a hurricane had swept through it. At the moment, it was even worse than usual. Piled on the bed were expensive designer accessories mixed in with weird, neon-colored costume jewelry. There were maps of Europe and posters of French paintings taped on the walls and cassettes tossed across the floor. Jessica was lying on her back in the middle of it, nodding her head in time with the psychedelic overtones and studying her French book. (laughs) Indeed. Psychedelic overtones capitalized because that's like a fictional band. Yes. Which, that's why Elizabeth is in the room, because she is playing it so loudly. Yeah, so she's, like, really studying. She, like, needs to impress these guys or, like, just convince them that she is the person that she says she is. I shudder to think what her schoolwork suffered. She's spending (laughs) all her time on this. Yeah, right. (laughs) So she, I mean, mean, she meets Pierre, right? Like, Mm -hmm. that's basically the next thing, is that they go on this date to this fancy French French restaurant. What What do you remember from the date? But apparently not the fanciest, just the second fanciest. Yeah, yeah. Elizabeth helps Jessica put together her outfit. Apparently Elizabeth needs to be a fashion designer. Yeah, she does like a she good did job a great job. Of this. Yeah. But there is, I think this is when the specter first comes up of Elizabeth being told that she is not adventurous and she like never tries anything different and interesting. And Elizabeth doesn't enjoy hearing that. Mm-mm. And um, she vows to try harder to be more spontaneous, to be more like Jessica in that one way. And she writes in her journal in all capital letters, dare to be different. Mm-hmm. And oh, bless. Yeah. It's really precious and awful at the same time. I know. I know, because she sounds lovely the way she is. But as teenagers, as we know, we always want to try and be something other than we are. Not always, sometimes. Well, especially because Jessica talks about it as if it's such a bad thing that she shockingly doesn't want to put forth two fictional dating profiles and things like that. Yeah, like, oh, why are you telling me this is never going to work? That's really, it's like Elizabeth is like, you're going to... This is going to turn into fiasco. Yeah. I think fiasco is the actual word she uses. And you Rightly know it's so. going to happen. So why are you even going down this road? Remember what happened with your boyfriend, A.J. Morgan, just mm-hmm. a few books ago when you pretended to be somebody different to get him to like you. And then he almost broke up with you because the person you're pretending to be was friggin' boring. Mm-hmm. Remember that, Jessica? And Jessica 
does remember that, but she says that was different. So, yeah. And she makes Elizabeth feel bad yeah. then, whereas Elizabeth is just living in the world of reality and Jessica seems to... <laughs> like, it is an objectively terrible idea. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it's fun fun for us. No, good for, good for us. <laughs> so now um, let's... Uh, we're going to have to pop in and out of the part of the podcast where we talk about boys. Okay. But we do have a, a boy to talk about. Oh, he's a beautiful boy. He's a beautiful boy. I'm in danger of losing my head. Too. Two of the boys we've already mentioned, Pierre, and then we'll talk about Brett S. Mm-hmm. There's another boy we can get into a little bit later. But here's what we got for when Pierre and Jessica finally meet. We get a glimpse at old Pierre. The boy standing in front of her was everything Jessica dreamed he would be. He was tall and slim, with a narrow, sensitive face and light brown hair. Dark eyelashes framed a pair of bright blue eyes. His navy blazer and gray pants looked impeccable, and his white shirt complemented his tan perfectly. He looked as though he'd just stepped out of the pages of a fashion magazine. I mean, he sounds like a stud. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and just, you know, the date goes well, and yeah. Jessica... He's very quiet, though. He's quiet. He's very quiet. And Jessica is worried that, like, maybe she's seeming like she... Like, he's seeing through me, mm-hmm. and he knows I'm a fraud. At one point, he asks her about a po- poet named Rolfenhausen. And she's like, she's like, at this point, I have to just plead ignorance. Like, uh-huh. she comes up with some poet names that she can drop, but she's like, I'm not familiar with Rolfenhausen. Um, also... He seems to not, I don't remember the exact phrase that she used, but this uh, guy who knows four languages, I believe, seems to not know a very basic French phrase. She says, vive la différence. Yes, exactly. Which (laughs) honestly sounds very close to, and it, it went in with the conversation they were talking about, and he just blankly stares at her. And she thinks it's because she pronounced it wrong. Yeah. She like has no, doesn't occur to her that. Oh, yeah. The, uh, yeah. Well, the menu is all in French. Which and, does sound very um, daunting. Yeah. I mean, these are two 16 year olds, presumably. Yes. Uh, and, but Jessica knows enough French to know that uh, ton is French for tuna. I did not know that. Yeah, right? And so Good she, job, Jessica. She orders that, and then Pierre orders the same thing. He orders in English. Jessica's like, oh. Uh, and then Pierre tells her the story about this how... This is great. Go ahead. That that he was talking to the waiter earlier, and uh, the waiter is French-Canadian, and so has a very different accent. And so he didn't want the waiter to feel uncomfortable because yeah. their accent... Or not be able to understand him because they were... Which... Chef's kiss. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, so, but they have a nice time, and Pierre kisses her. She's really psyched about he that. Says something to her huskily. Like mm. the description is huskily. And I was like, what kind of book are we in now? <laughs> yeah, That's what they there. say in the adult lady books. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, I'm so glad that, that we could give you that, <laughs> Julia, uh, from these uh, disappointingly tame most of the time. I know, that are. What is, what is the general reading age? I looked it up. It's uh, 12, 12 and up. 12 yeah, and up, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 12 year olds, I don't think, are going to clock the huskily that it, you know. No, no. no. And he, he did give her a kiss, so it paid off. 
Yeah, it, he did. Uh, so this is like what, like Friday night and like Saturday night, she's gonna go out with Brad S. Yes. She dyes her hair. She gets a blue streak in her hair. Mm-hmm. She um, just with Elizabeth's on... help again, the the fashion mm-hmm. maven. Yeah, helping to put her together. And Jessica is a little bit like frazzled by this like constant change of personalities. Understandably like, so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's like, I don't know if I could do it, but she really wants to. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she meets Brett. So we might as well. Uh, well, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do two things about Brett here. First of all, I want to go ahead and read. Jessica already had a mental picture of Brett. He would be tall and lanky with a leather jacket and swept back black hair, a pair of piercing dark eyes, and a very kissable mouth. (laughs) She got goosebumps just thinking about him. Which, like, honestly, I wish I had that. Like, I wish Mm. I had the ability to assume that a guy I'm going to go on a date with is going to be so hot. Like, oh, I can't wait till he shows up and I have this picture in my head and he's going to be the sexiest guy. Because that is not where my brain goes. Absolutely not. (laughs) I wish. I wish that I could, you know. So she's already kind of into it. And then um, he calls her and. uh, And she's playing it very cool. And two things. So they decide to go on a date and she says, what time will you pick me up? Number one, do not let this stranger know where you live. Is this this is like the eighty year old woman in me being like, honey, you don't know him. Don't don't give him personal information. For all we know, he has her address already because of the dating service. Fair enough. Fair enough. And then again, eighty year old woman in me, they decide that he will pick her up at eight o'clock. That just seems very late to me. Well, they're going to the rocks. They are going. Also, do these girls have a curfew? What's their curfew? I think so. I think it's like ten or eleven. So oh, she does get home at midnight from this okay. date. Well, I guess I'm wrong. I mean, then. as we've established, her parents seem very chill. Yeah, yeah. It's probably later on Saturdays, but I That's don't know fair. where in my heart that ten or eleven thing is coming from. But. Um, but yeah, they, they go to a place called the Rock Spot, which I thought it was pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, okay, so. When he finally shows up, oh, actually, I mean, we could. She does more prep for him, right? Like she does more prep even before she ever goes on the the date with him, right? She goes over to, oh, to Dana's house, yeah. Uh, well, to Lila, no. her friend. She goes to her friend Lila's house, and Lila is like hurt that she did that. She went to Suzanne Hanlon for yes. the fancy advice because Lila is also rich, and yeah. apparently in this world, sophisticated means rich. Yeah, but as Jessica points out. Lila is new money, and that's not going to impress. That doesn't hold the same sophistication. So, I mean, I guess actually what's happening is that Lila is like quizzing, quizzing Jessica on both boys. Yes. You know, so it's it's, (laughs) the first question. The first the first card that Lila has to quiz her on is what is an aubergine? Mm-hmm. What is this relevant to? I don't know. Why does it matter? If she I mean, knows if that question sounds a little different in 2022 too. Like, oh, that's what you're asking me, Marissa. You I did not is put an that aubergine together. I didn't either until just now when you raised it. And wow, uh, who? But yeah, um, I was so I was like my little nerdy self was so proud when. Uh, um, Lila asks her, who is the conductor of the Academy of St. Martin in the Fields? And I was like, Neville Mariner. <laughs> because 
I happen to know that. I mean, in the in 1990 at least. But also, is that it just is like aubergine? Why deeply, on earth? But that is deeply impressive. And that, I did not know that. And that seems fairly um, obscure and something that might be impressive to someone. Yeah. I am deeply Jessica impressed that you knew the it. answer for the record. She does. But, um, but the other, that one seemed to be impressive and the other ones were like what is an aubergine yeah it well, was she, an odd collection of questions she doesn't know who painted starry night yes i was like the, she's 16 yeah like that's just a pop culture thing almost at that point yeah and so they switch over to the brett questions which are about like rock and roll and stuff and um, lila asks her who abby hoffman was and i guess um i mean this is 1990 but Jessica doesn't know, and mm. I just thought this was funny. For your information, Lila said, Abby Hoffman was that 60s radical hippie who died in 1989. Even I know that. Jessica looked at the ceiling. Okay, okay. Abby Hoffman, dead hippie. Ask me another. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, I mean, that is a, that's a like dark joke for these books. Or, I mean, it's it, joke. It's not really rising to the level of joke, but it did make me laugh. No, so. it's funny. What's the best place to buy vintage records in Sweet Valley? Toontown on Fifth Street. Toontown. So keep that in mind. Yeah. I've never heard of Toontown before. And I like how she plays, she wants Lila to know that she knows the cross streets. Yeah. It's not, she doesn't just know the name, she knows how to get there. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So here is Brett's arrival. She couldn't wait to meet Brett and see if he was as exciting in his way as Pierre was in his. Humming under her breath, she scanned the street in both directions. An old brown Oldsmobile turned the corner and started cruising toward the house. Jessica looked in the other direction, wondering when Brett would show up. To her surprise, the Oldsmobile sedan pulled up in front of the house. So Brett gets out of the Oldsmobile, and Jessica's like, oh, that's not the kind of car I thought he would be driving. I love that it doesn't even occur to her that it might be him. No, no, but she says, in a flash, she realized it must be some kind of statement. It was so square, it was cool. Yeah. She's really overthinking this. But anyway, here he is. Okay. On the outside, she was the picture of cool nonchalance. Inside, she had to restrain herself from jumping up and down and letting out a squeal of enthusiasm. Brett was just the way she expected him to be, tall and lean, with a worn leather jacket that showed off his broad shoulders. Besides the leather jacket, he wore a white t-shirt, skin-tight black jeans, and black motorcycle boots. In spite of the fact that the sun had gone down, he had on a pair of dark sunglasses. When he pushed them up on top of his head, Jessica saw that he had extraordinary gold-brown eyes. She also noticed his strong jaw and high cheekbones. He was definitely the sexiest hard rocker she had ever seen. So, let's go, she said, stepping outside and pulling the door shut behind her. With long athletic strides, Brett headed toward the brown olds. This is my old man's car, he started to explain. Hey, I think it's a riot, Jessica broke in quickly. She wanted him to see she could look at it the right way. It makes a real statement. Really mom and pop, retro Americana. Brett grinned and looked somewhat relieved. Right. <laughs> I mean, loquacious of nothing else, this Brett character. Oh my gosh. So I just thought that was really, really funny. Um, and they go on their date and it's like, how would you describe the date? Again, this guy doesn't talk a lot. They right. go to a club and... So the music's really loud. It's not really Jessica's kind of music, but she, as she says... 
she was a good dancer and always could pick up new steps quickly. So she was like, I can dance this out. Also, choreograph steps? What kind of steps? What kind of steps are I we picking think up? So I think she's like more interpretive. You oh, know, good. Like goes where the music takes her kind yes. of thing. Um, and Brett's like, no, dancing's not cool. And Jessica's like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I wasn't even going to dance anyway. That's not what I wanted. So they just sit there and don't talk to each other because the music's too loud. Yeah. It doesn't sound like a great date, but no. Jessica is, um, you know, she's really cares mostly about what these guys look like. It really, ultimately, I think, what it's She about. had described her date with Pierre as just imagine the most wonderful night of your life and multiply that by a hundred that's what it was like. They had tuna at a French restaurant. And, yeah. and some awkward conversations. Yeah. So she's really trying. And she's very optimistic. Yeah. Uh, I think that for Jessica, gosh, I think she's in love with the scheme she's pulling off. Mm. She's really, like, gone for being capable of being these different people and like exactly. being desirable in like three different languages basically right that's exactly what it is you're absolutely right <laughs> thank you meanwhile elizabeth is at home painting her toenails red and which is, is a like, big deal for yeah, her poor girl so zany so zany and everywhere she turns she tells people she wants to try to be more like jessica and they're like why <laughs> exactly which was kind of my response too i was like honey you seem like you're, you're doing good yeah. you're doing good yeah yeah but but also they're like hammering home the idea that she is so dependable she's like a rock yeah basically she's boring and she's that's not she that's what she like takes it and I would, the way that they were saying it, not that they were saying it mean or anything. Not at all. It does, you know, I would be like, well, I can, you, you want to be more. She wants to be more than just this one thing that people see her as. And I get that, especially when you're a teenager. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I don't know, like she, she goes on some more dates with Pierre, some more mm -hmm. dates with, Brett, Brett. <laughs> <laughs> we you know we could go through the play by play, but basically, she does she does wear a necklace of dice and tiddlywinks. I have that mark. <laughs> Shall we describe it, please? Um, on Thursday night, Jessica had another blue streak in her hair. She wriggled into a blue strapless mini dress and fastened a necklace of dice and tiddlywinks around her neck. In among the clicking pieces were Scrabble tiles that spelled out. Hard rock. I mean, you know somebody's hardcore if their necklace tells you that they're into hard rock. That's how you know. There's no other way to know. This is like the dorkiest, like, try-hard <laughs> necklace I've ever heard of. Yes. Like, I would wear a necklace that had um, dice, tiddlywinks, and Scrabble tiles on it. But I'm not very hard rock, and I wouldn't wear it if it said hard rock, unless I was doing it ironically, but I don't think that's what Jessica's going for. No, she, no, this is very earnest. <laughs> this is very earnest. Yeah. Um, And I forgot that she, like, at this point in her dating, she's trying to decide which one she wants to go to the Valentine's dance with, which by this point in the book, I had totally forgotten right. that that's, that's what she was going for, because it did seem like a short um, turnaround time. 
a short time to follow yeah. up with one of these Plus, guys. how's that going to work? Because she's going to have to tell them that she's Jessica. Everybody at the school knows she's Jessica. Yes. So she's going to pretend to be somebody else. She's like, she's going to, she's not thinking that through. Like, I'm going to have to come clean with whoever I go to the dance with. That doesn't seem, just from what I know of Jessica, the <laughs> fact that she might not have thought it through all the way doesn't seem Overly surprising? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I think uh, the one other thing to note about the Valentine's Day dance is that Jessica is so grateful to Elizabeth for kind of putting her doubts aside and supporting her that she says, I will split the cost of the dress with you. Mm-hmm. After all, you we both know I'm going to borrow that dress from you anyway, and it's going to end up on the floor of my closet, really, or the floor of my bedroom. Very A very good move from Jessica But she does say, like, you're going to owe me a favor. And Elizabeth's like, okay, great. And for me, as a longtime reader of these books, I was like, this is where it starts. (laughs) Like, this is your first mistake, Elizabeth. Never owe your sister a favor. Because she can, you know, she can manipulate you into doing anything she wants you to do when you don't owe her a favor. Yeah. I mean, does owing her a favor really matter at this point? And she gets a dress. I was so happy that Elizabeth got the dress. Yeah. I was actually quite invested in that. And what else does she get? What else does she get? She gets a two-week perm. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> Lord, first of all, I did not know that these existed. Do they? Who knows? I mean. It seems likely, I this guess. Se- uh, yeah. I bet in, in the late 80s, early 90s, I guarantee you somebody had figured <laughs> yeah. out a two-week of perm. Of all the things they've made up for this book, uh, you psychedelic overtones. Right. Uh, a movie, a French film that I tried to find out if it was real, and I don't think it is, about purgatory and a red ball. It was very detailed, though. She yeah. really thought about what this movie yeah. was going on, what was going on in there. Computer dating service that specializes in teens. Of all the things they made up, probably the two-week perm is not made up. I mean, who knows? <laughs> I'd like to. I would like to think that it is not made up, um, which is a very bold move, especially right Perm, before yeah. a um, high school dance. Yeah. Like, it's not two random weeks in the summer. This is, you're going to have pictures taken with your boyfriend. And it has this weird kind of effect of, even though people aren't, like, wild about it, their reaction to it kind of reinforces Elizabeth's sense that she needs to be more adventurous because the main reason people are a little bit unsettled by it is because it's a change. Like they're like, no, it's not that it looks bad. <laughs> it's just yeah. uh, it's just so unlike you to do something like this. So every time they're giving her this kind of half compliment mm-hmm. about her or making any comment at all about her hair, it's like doubling down on this idea that like Elizabeth Wakefield, no, you're not allowed to change. Mm-hmm. Like you're not allowed to do anything out of character. That's upsetting to me. Like you have to be the same for us. We need you. And uh, I could totally get how that is getting on her nerves. Absolutely. Well, let's, uh, I mean, shall we get to the big the big conundrum at the heart Ooh. of this? Uh, let's, please. This volume, the conundrum that uh, caused me to text you last night as I was uh, reading it uh, I, and say, what did I say? I think you just said, oh, my God. I just said, oh, my God. <laughs> right. Because uh, we are here at our, uh, our my major oh, my God moment, yes. which I did say it out loud before I texted it to you. And really before I read, I, I don't think I texted you until the situation was unfolding. Mm-hmm. But first we have, like, Jessica has a date with Pierre. She has uh, missed a call from Brett. Her mom answers the phone and mm-hmm. says Magenta doesn't live here. Yeah. So Jessica's like, I need a workaround. I'm going to call Brett and tell him I have a new number. Mm-hmm. I'm going to rope Lila in. Lila's going to be my messaging service. Poor Lila. So Brett calls Lila and leaves a message for Magenta mm-hmm. that 
Are you impressed yet? <laughs> Sounds really this okay. Leaves a message for Magenta that he wants to go on a date with her at the same time that that ni- already is has it a that date. night or the next night? It must it's- be the next night because otherwise Lila wouldn't have time to tell them about it. Anyway, it's I, it's very soon. Lila do- and and Lila tries to call Jessica. Well, she calls Jessica. The phone's busy. The phone's busy. The phone's busy. For like well, an hour. For and then she like takes a shower and like gets ready and tries on four different outfits just to go to the mall. But hey, it's a we weekend. We don't get a in, peek back at the Wakefield house either to find out like what, what who's why? on the phone. Yeah, yeah. But Lila really does try, and good for her. At the end of it, she's like, I can't. I said I would take the message. I took the message. I tried. I can't live my life trying to get in touch with <laughs> right, Jessica. Right. Basically, now, when, by the time Jessica finds out, she's already agreed to go with Pierre on a date. So she has an idea. Of course she does. And, um, you know, longtime listeners might have a guess at what her idea is. But I don't think anyone who has not read this book could guess at the, the scale of the idea. So here is the scale of it. Um... Full of enthusiasm, Jessica bounced over and sat down next to Elizabeth. Listen, it's simple. We'll all go to the same restaurant, and every 15 minutes or so, you and I can trade places. That way, I can keep talking about things I've already done with them. The guys will never know the difference. Elizabeth gave her twin an incredulous look. You've got to be kidding. We can't pull that off. We can, Liz. Don't be such a pessimist. She hugged her knees up to her chin. There was a frown of concentration on her face as she plotted out their strategy. Here's how we'll do it. We'll wear the same basic outfit, black leotards with black skirts. But I'll start out with magenta's jewelry and you can wear Daniela's accessories. And Suzanne's gray crop jacket and a beret, she added. I'll have to set my hair to be as curly as yours is now and we'll each have a blue streak. But when we're being Daniela, we can wear the beret to cover it up. This is a great idea, Jessica said happily. I mean, did I earlier say that Jessica didn't think things through? Because obviously that's wrong. She's thought of everything. She's thought of the streak. She's thought of the basic outfits with the changing accessories. Elizabeth gave a bitter laugh. Yeah, a great idea, she echoed. (laughs) Every 15 minutes, we go to the bathroom where we change all our stuff and trade boys. What a brilliant plan. (laughs) (sighs) Uh, I was really feeling for Elizabeth in this one. I know. It's the 15 minutes of it that really... Because I knew this was going to lead up to Jessica putting Elizabeth in one of these outfits and going on a date Mm -hmm. with one of these boys. I just knew it. But what I didn't know or could never have dreamed of, was the idea that every 15 minutes... They were, it's like Mrs. Doubtfire, except... Yes. Two people. Two people and two other people. And not quite as many prosthetics. Right, right. <laughs> I guess it's in some ways it's less crazy than what he was doing in Mrs. Doubtfire, but... Uh, but yeah, they go to... So they arrange... They, they both they tell their boys that they're going to go to this uh, Chinese restaurant. And, which has two separate dining rooms, which is very important, yeah, so big. that they don't they don't see each other. Um I also I also liked that in the past the twins had traded places in critical occasions, <laughs> which of course you're identical twins. That is the gift that you have been given. Yeah. I am just curious what constitutes a critical occasion. Well, one time it was because uh, Jessica needed to take the test to be like a summer tour guide with Elizabeth oh. uh, as like a as like a 
spring break or like a summer job, but she had to be somewhere else at the same time. So Elizabeth took it for her, but Elizabeth was having a really bad day, so she did a bad job. And Jessica accused her of bombing the test on purpose as to get back at Jessica, which was not the case. Oh, drama. Um, In the first book of the series, they switch clothes to pretend to be each other to just kind of see what would happen, essentially. Oh. So maybe that was not considered a critical occasion. That was just a test run. <laughs> I guess so. I just like the critical occasion. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sure there's some other other times. I know there are some other times that aren't coming to me. Let's look at let's I mean, look there, through there must be. Here. That's the whole... I- um, I mean, they've definitely been mistaken for each other. Oh, how interesting. This particular... A version of this book doesn't have the back pages where it says all the other books and like advertises like how you should read some other series mm-hmm. from Bantam Books. It just has a bunch of blank That's very pages odd. at the end. Okay, well, I don't know. Uh, Gladiators, you remember which books they switch. Send me a, an email. Yeah. <laughs> I'll read it what, on air. What constitutes a critical occasion? <laughs> Do my research for me. What's your favorite time the twins purposefully switch each other? Oh, I mean, there was one where uh, that there was a time actually, there was a time in one of the super thrillers where switching Elizabeth pretending to be Jessica and going on a date gets Elizabeth kidnapped. <gasps> yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. So I can't forget that one. But that's not a critical occasion either. It's just like, oh, okay, I'll help. Well, it turned into a critical occasion. Yeah. But in the timeline, weirdly enough, even though that book has already been published and we've read it on the show, uh, it happens in the summer after their junior year. So that hasn't technically happened yet. Okay. um, In the timeline of their high school. But it, because if that had happened, getting kidnapped on a date, maybe you would not have like gotten to, to think, the anonymous computer dating. I'd like to think that in Sweet Valley senior year, they're like a little more, uh, a little wiser. You know? Yeah, a little more world wise. Yeah. Um, but they go on this date and we get the immense pleasure of seeing Pierre and Brett through Elizabeth's eyes. Elizabeth, who thinks the scheme is a bad idea who thinks pretending to be someone you're not is a bad idea, even mm-hmm. though she's dabbling with this adventurous. And she's not trying to talk herself into liking these guys the way that Jessica kind of is, even though she doesn't realize she is. Yeah. She does agree that they're good looking. Yeah, indeed. She just doesn't really care. No. <laughs> she's got Todd. Yeah. Uh, so here's a funny moment from Elizabeth's conversation with Pierre. Do you spend much time in Paris? She asked, trying to look interested. She opened her menu. At least she would get a nice Chinese dinner out of it. <laughs> She's already sick. She thinks Pierre has, has come off as a snob so far. Like He's talking about how the best Chinese food is, is found in, in the People's Republic. <laughs> or oh, in San yes. Francisco, yes. That's, San Francisco is where you find the best Chinese food outside of the People's Republic. Yes, exactly. Um, and he talks about going to some kind of Greek, Greek pottery exhibit, but... He doesn't really want to go into any details, and Elizabeth is reading his hesitancy as snobbishness. Mm-hmm. Like um, he can't be bothered to explain what he means or something. Anyway, she's soon disabused of that notion because, do you spend much time in Paris? She asked. At least she would get a nice Chinese dinner out of it. Mm, Pierre nodded as he took a sip of water. I love the Riviera. I spent most of my childhood there, and I go over as often as I can. Elizabeth stared at him blankly. Paris isn't on the Riviera. What? (laughs) Pierre let out an awkward laugh. Oh, what I meant was, I spent most of my childhood going back and forth between Paris and the Riviera. 
Oh, Elizabeth smiled, but inwardly she was very skeptical. If she didn't know better, she would think Pierre didn't know what he was talking about. Hmm. <laughs> hmm, interesting. So then they just, uh, they get up. Elizabeth orders the ginger chicken. Mm-hmm. Elizabeth gets to order dinner at both tables, and she orders something that she loves and, and Jessica hates. Which, which is a little, that, that's a little... A little sticky. I, I, she was like, you know what? You're gonna make me do this. I'm gonna order the thing I want, even though you hate it. Yeah, there's that's true. Elizabeth doesn't like. We don't hear Elizabeth acknowledging that, but there is a no way. That oh Elizabeth no, Elizabeth doesn't know. No, that her she twin did that. She knows ginger. that. She knows that. <laughs> so, so then Jessica thinks the whole thing is going great, um, but Elizabeth is like. This is so stupid, and these guys suck, basically. Yes. Like, this is a disaster. It's only going to get worse. Why do you like either of these guys? Because Brett, she goes to talk to Brett, mm-hmm. and he he doesn't know the difference between, you know, the Grateful Dead and the Rolling Stones. The Beatles, too. He says that the, the, he says that the Doors sang Sympathy for the Devil. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And Elizabeth is, is like, why is this, why do I know more about music then for both of them she's like i i know i'm a smart gal but like i haven't been studying at all and i know more about these things than these supposed uh like you know diehard fans of these various lifestyles do um so basically uh what, and they're one of their last uh, bathroom meetups, which they are doing like every 15 every fifteen minutes. minutes. Brett's even like, "Are you okay?" <laughs> yeah, She's like, yeah. "It doesn't. I just have to go to the bathroom. It's fine." Yeah. At one point, Jessica comes back out and notices that she has. Daniela's like delicate gold watch on and she's like oh no you know Magenta would never wear an accessory like this she doesn't even think like oh Brett will notice I wasn't wearing this before she yeah. thinks oh Brett will notice it's out of character for me yeah. so uh, readers he did not he did not notice <laughs> um, so in one of their last bathroom uh, uh, rendezvous I've had it Elizabeth announced this has gone too far Jess I'm really sick of it Jessica stared at her sister. Liz, you can't. Don't ruin it for me. I mean it, Jessica. Elizabeth kicked off Magenta's high-heeled shoes. Both of these guys are total morons. I don't know how you can like either one of them. I was like, I love it. I know. She said it for us. She said it for us. Um, But but it is, Elizabeth does essentially like uh, hand both of these boys their asses. Yes. As Magenta and as... um, Daniela, she's like, she accuses Pierre of yes. being a fraud, right? Because she wasn't trying to hand them their asses. She was just having a conversation. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah. That's true, that's true. Um, but, and then... But she, but she very much does. Yeah, yeah. So, Jessica, that night, is just, like, so furious with Elizabeth for ruining things. Yeah, they end up... They each go back to one of the guys, and they each end up at at home. And, yeah. And Jessica, yes, furious. She's, like, furious. And Elizabeth really feels bad. I know, which is so nice of her. So she's, like, she's going to try to fix things somehow. And so she calls Pierre, and she calls Brett. Meanwhile, Jessica leaves, and we find her in her normal Jessica self doing a very Jessica thing, playing tennis. Mm-hmm. She's with her friend Kara Walker. She's and then, getting out some some aggression. Yeah, and this is where um, the third boy of the book comes in. 
I really love this boy's name. So she's playing tennis and she notices a cute boy uh, watching. Uh, well, he's been watching me. Jessica was what Jessica says to Kara. Kara glanced over Jessica's shoulder. She grinned. He is a hunk. And he's definitely watching you. I'm going to go get a drink, okay? Jessica said. Their eyes met and they both giggled. The cute boy was standing right next to the water fountain. Sure, I bet you're really thirsty, <laughs> Kara replied in an innocent tone. Parched, Jessica shot back airily. She laced her fingers through her racket strings and began strolling toward the gate, pretending she was fixing the strings. Excuse me, she said as she reached the water fountain. Sure. The boy was about four inches taller than she was, with straight blonde hair and a dimple in his chin. He was dressed for tennis, too, and his shorts showed off his muscular legs. <laughs> You're pretty ferocious, he observed, grinning while Jessica was taking a drink. For a girl, Jessica retorted in a challenging tone. She licked a drop of water off her lower lip. He grinned. No, for anybody. We should get together and play sometime. Sorry. <laughs> I can't. My name's Tony Manchin. <laughs> I don't know why it's so funny. It's a real name that people could really have. Tony Mangino, you guys, and he says that his name is Tony Mangino. That's what I'm trying to say. And it's funny to me in a way that I can't quite explain. It doesn't matter <laughs> why, Marissa. Maybe it's Mangino. I, I read it as Mangino. I did too, actually. It wasn't until just now that I realized I was pronouncing it that way. Okay, we can do this serious. <laughs> <laughs> gives me great pleasure that it gives you great pleasure. I don't even know. It, it, it made me laugh yesterday, but not this hard. I think probably because I, <laughs> I didn't read it like that. But <laughs> No, for anybody, we should get together and play sometime. My name's Tony Mangino. So, and she says, I'm Jessica Wakefield. And yes. it's like, bum, 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 you know, she's, be yourself, she's, girl. Yeah, it's really sweet. And she like, the first thing she says to him is the challenge, like, oh, for a girl. Yeah. Like, so she's being herself and she's not just like trying to be with. So I, she has so much more power as Jessica than she could ever have pretending to be someone else. So it's yes. really like, why bend over backwards? And truly why, because as we're about to find out, Jessica goes home and Elizabeth is like, I was trying to find you. I wanted to tell you. And Jessica's like, I can't listen to you right now. And before Elizabeth has a chance to explain, the doorbell rings. And Jessica thinks that it's Dana or Suzanne because this girl, <laughs> Marissa, this, that, what is wrong with this girl? Okay, because she's talking to Dana, and Dana's like, I need my stuff, man. And Jessica is like, uh, I don't want to go drop off her stuff at her house. I don't want to go. And she makes up a lie about having a phone call with her sick grandmother who's in the hospital. What a bitch she is. She and, can't be bothered to drive the stuff over to the friend's house. And then she does the same thing with Suzanne. Like she, well, she, she thinks the Dana idea, it was like such, such a, a great idea. So well, such a stroke of genius that she actively calls Suzanne. Yes. It's like, hey, I want to come drop your stuff off, but um, I'm waiting for a phone call from my sick grandma in the hospital. So can you come by? And so they both do. They, they, Jessica can get whatever she wants. Yeah. Whew. They both drive over, but not before um, a yes. fellow named, I want to say Pete. 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 Peter, yes. Peter Lake. 
Peter Lake. Uh, so Jessica opens the door thinking that it's Dana or Suzanne. Yeah. No, no. It is Pierre who does not look like Pierre looked like the last time Jessica saw him. No, let me see if I can find his kind of new look because it's interesting to mm-hmm. see how he's changed. Pete. Okay. Instead of the preppy, polished Pierre she was used to, she was seeing a more slick, trendy version. Pierre's light brown hair was combed back differently, and he was wearing black jeans and a t-shirt instead of khakis and an Oxford cloth shirt. So that's, he's, he reveals that basically exactly like Jessica, he was like, I thought maybe if I pretended to be this kind of guy, I could meet a sophisticated girl. Mm Mm-hmm. Somebody different from the people that I usually yeah. date. Yeah. Then another guy shows up, mm-hmm. and I think his name is Brett, right? Yeah, I think so. Uh, but he looks like he's ready to go sailing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Hey, you look different, she said. You look like you're going boating or something, she concluded. I know. Brett dug his hands into the pockets of his chinos, which I like the idea that Brett's like, yeah, I know, that's my look. I know, I look like, I always look like I'm going sailing. Uh, With with them, with the chinos, he was wearing a bright blue polo shirt and brown boat shoes. He gave her a guilty smile. This is what I usually look like, he admitted. I was pretending to be the kind of rock and roller you like, but I didn't know what I was doing. Aww. And Jessica's like, these phonies. Yes, she is <laughs> incensed. She is so upset. I can't handle this. So she goes and tells Elizabeth, like, look what you've done. You brought, you sent these phonies over to my house. And Elizabeth is like, hold up. <laughs> Isn't this exactly the same thing you're doing? And Jessica's like, not really. <laughs> and then she's like, kind of. It's different. Yeah. But oh my gosh, by the time she goes back downstairs... Well, because after the boys come, so she's got one boy in the living room, she's got one boy in the den because she doesn't want them to see each other, and then when she's trying to handle this situation, Dana and Suzanne show up with her shit, with her stuff, and... To get their stuff. Yes. You can say shit, but to get their stuff, yeah. (laughs) I I realized at that point I wasn't wasn't sure where we were. (laughs) This is at a nine-year-old or 12-year-old reading level. (laughs) But Um, nine-year-olds are definitely reading. Yeah. Um... They come over to collect their stuff, and and Jessica is just like, you guys just stay here in the entryway. I need to go, like, have a word with my sister, which is, like, just... Oh, she goes upstairs again. And she puts the boys in separate rooms. Right. So the boys are in separate rooms. The girls are in the entryway. She goes up to get the stuff and, like, you know, have a talking to Elizabeth. She also, like, doesn't want the girls to see each other's stuff, but it's... I don't know. There's no way she can fix that. Because she... Yeah. So, because nobody knows that she's done this times two, you know. Mm-hmm. But by the time she comes downstairs, a love match times two has happened mm-hmm. because Indeed. it's and it's, it's so interesting. Brett, who was pretending to be a rocker, is with wait, how did it go? With Suzanne because they are the sophisticated two. Yeah, the boat boating. Yeah, and, and then yeah. Pete, who's a little bit who was trying to be from Paris is a bit of a rocker and is hanging yeah. out with Dana. They're yeah. like, we like the same music. We have the same albums. This is, we've been to all the same concerts. It's crazy. Suzanne and Brett were both going to the Altschuler Gallery this afternoon. Yeah, of course. What do you know about that? So mm. um, by pure coincidence, a love match has happened after all, at, like I said, times two. Yeah. 
And meanwhile, Jessica's got Tony Mangino. Everything works out great for Jessica. So Mm -hmm. I guess at the end of the day, she was right. It's a great idea. No problems whatsoever. No, just things don't always work out like you think they're going to, you know? Yeah, that's basically the end. Except there's a Valentine's Day dance. And uh, I guess Jessica goes with Tony, huh? Does we even know? I think so. Elizabeth is wearing her beautiful blue and green dress. Yes. Elizabeth thinks about painting her bedroom bright red. Because apparently last year Jessica painted hers brown yeah. on a whim. Yeah. Brown? The Hershey bar. Yeah. Okay. It's still brown. Okay. Great. That is a design choice. It has been brown for the entire series, and huh. it is a design choice indeed. I I have a very vivid image of it in my head from having read all these books. Like I have a picture in my mind's eye of the Wakefield house uh-huh. and its various rooms that I wish I could, I had the skill to sort of like bring to life. But Jessica's room is very ugly <laughs> in my mind's eye. I, yeah. It, yeah. Brown, chocolate brown. Ooh. I always picture it as kind of like glossy too, which is oh, never God. specified. But that's what it looks like in my head. Ooh. Um, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Jessica, Jessica is with Tony, this mm-hmm. new guy. And uh, yeah, Elizabeth is, is, just kind of feeling a little bit like, man, I'm so tired of everybody telling me they, I'm so dependable. Oh, she's talking to Todd, and he says, "You're so so comfortable. I love that about you. You make me feel so relaxed." Elizabeth's like, "Great, I put people to sleep." Yeah, not a which not a great compliment. No. Although, I mean, in another day, Elizabeth might have really heard that as a great compliment. Yeah, because it it is. Read the in room, Todd. Yeah, not not at not at that time. And then everybody <laughs> at the table. There's a, like five characters who were introduced in the last two pages, just talking about how Elizabeth is very reliable. Yeah. So I feel like we have actually gotten a pretty good glimpse at Elizabeth and Jessica in this book, mm-hmm. much more than in many of the books of the past uh, few seasons, in fact. So I have to ask you, Julia, um, would you describe yourself as more of a Jessica or more of an Elizabeth? I am definitely more of an Elizabeth. I thought you I, might say that. Based this on your response, response to uh, Elizabeth, this, many things. This entire book, I was like, like Eliz- Elizabeth, yes. Like, everything she was saying, I was like, oh, I'm so glad you said it so I didn't have to. <laughs> these, two, these two guys are both morons. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Come on. And Jessica, I just, I will say that the way that this book turned out, it was not as anxiety-inducing as I anticipated it being it was not it was not super cringy and I actually really enjoyed when the girls were going back and forth at the restaurant that was was actually quite fun instead of being like stressful as sometimes those kind of scenes can be I agree it was really fun and funny yeah and the Instead of being stressful, it was like hilarious because it was so absurd. Yes. Um, And the most stress that you got in the book is Jessica really being in Jessica's head where she's like, oh, am I going to get this right? Am I is does he think I'm a fraud? Mm -hmm. But it was just it was a lot of fun. And I mean, I think the book advertises that it's going to be a lot of fun. Let's tell the listeners about the cover of the book. Yes. Um, which I did actually clock that uh, th- their hair looked so curly on this cover. So I was wondering, like, is this what their hair actually looks like, or is this after the perm? Because I was thinking is... a much tighter curl for the perm. No, this but this is, is the quite perm. A, this... We don't know which is Elizabeth and with Jessica, but I think we have an idea. I mean, 
Elizabeth's got to be in the beret, right? Yeah. So because of the face she's making. So we've got the two twins on the cover. I will definitely post a picture of this book on Instagram at Sweet Valley Diaries. You've got to see this cover, you guys. It's it, so beautiful. It really is. So Jessica is wearing her magenta galaxy clothes and Elizabeth is wearing the Daniela Fromage outfit. Mm-hmm. And Jessica is like pleased as punch with her blue streak in her hair. And Elizabeth is has her face partially covered looking at Jessica like, oh, my God, this girl. Yeah. you got to be kidding me. <laughs> I definitely wore bracelets like this throughout oh, my teens and 20s. For sure. I think there's still some in my parents' house. So I guess what was very, um, like, kind of hard rock in 1990 became just sort of like sort of weird alternative weirdo girl art art whatever I was yeah it's really not that out there I feel like this I would totally outfit are those fish on the necklace I believe those might be yeah we don't have the no no tiddlywinks missed opportunity what is a tiddlywink it's like those things that uh, I think of them as kind of like circular things. And yeah, yeah. The play, I think, is almost like pogs. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But so, yeah, okay, that okay. is like my impression from the world could be totally wrong. I'm surprised there were no jacks. Jacks oh, would have made sense. But I think that they go to a place called Jacks when she's wearing the necklace with the dice and the tiddlywinks. Um, May- yeah. And the Scrabble tiles. Anyway. Maybe all... Francine was like, that's too many jacks in one place. We can't. That might be confusing. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, that's like subconsciously where the name for the, <laughs> right. for the club came from. Um, Julia, it has been such a pleasure talking about this book with you. I'm looking forward to talking a little bit more about um, high school dances and stuff. Oh, goodness. Yes. Um, in our extra drama episode. And... Uh, yeah. Do you have any? Uh, do you have any closing thoughts? Thank you so much for bringing this book into my life, and you know, I hope one day I can submit a form that a computer will will then go into a computer. <laughs> As they say, it's a very scientific system. I was it's truly scientific. I was truly excited for you when I realized this was the book that I was going to ask you to do, and yeah. like. I hope like, oh, man, I really hope you can do this one because this is this is a treat. This is going to be even though I have, had not read it before. I was like, I know you can tell it's going to be great. Yeah. You can tell mm-hmm. um, just Magenta Galaxy and Daniela Fromage alone. I mean, looking at the cover alone, you know, yes. it's really special. Um, well, surely there's some important uh, closing detail I'm forgetting right now, but I'll, I'll leave it at uh, Gladiators. Thank you so much for listening. You can, as I mentioned, follow the show on Instagram at Sweet Valley Diaries, or on Twitter at Sweet Valley, and um, tell a friend, do all the... I mean, like, really, that's actually the best thing. If you could, like, like be loud and proud about Sweet Valley Diaries anywhere you go, like, in, in your real life and um, on, like, the socials, as they say, that would be cool. That would be cool. It would be cool if people listen to the show. And also, there's TikTok. It's just my, it is Flaxbart. I TikTok sometimes. You TikTok? TikTok, it's, you know, it's like a very kind of fun little like magical thing where you you spend way too long making the dang video mm-hmm. and then it's there and then you forget about it and then you go back and open TikTok and you're like, who are all these people that like watched this video? And it doesn't always happen, but then sometimes it'll be like three months later and like somebody randomly was like, oh, I like, like 25 new people, you know, like this video. And I mean... 
I don't know. That's something kind of fun and weird about that. So Absolutely. And you're ex- going to have one more on all of them because I'm going to spend my entire <laughs> evening going on all of your TikTok videos. That's so exciting. Yeah. Well, don't expect like a real frequent output, but I mean... <laughs> Poor guys, poor guys and gals and everybody that's listening. Uh, you already have learned not to expect frequent output from yours truly. I so I thank you for your patience with me as I, you know, figure out how to make a podcast and have a, have the rest of my life at the same time. <laughs> You're doing it. We're doing it. All right. Until next time, uh, just be yourselves when it comes to online dating. And if you can't be yourself, don't be two other people for the love of God. Bye. Oh, I did just remember something. Shit. Something that I we always I always have people do. Uh, If if you could read the tease for Mm. the next book. Yes. What will Elizabeth do to show her friend she's not so predictable? Find out in Sweet Valley High number 63, The New Elizabeth. So exciting. There was a new Jessica book many, many books ago, and now it's Elizabeth's turn. Get it. I love it, but I'm also scared, just like all of Elizabeth's friends. (sighs) Yeah. It's going to be okay. She's going to be okay in the end. (laughs) (laughs) It's always okay in the end. Yeah. Except for when people die, but it'll be fine. Um, their brother's girlfriend died of leukemia? Um...